Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle podcast where we know and believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. Coaches, let me ask you a question. Do you believe high school sports is essential? In light of COVID-19 and all that is going on throughout the country, it has been a question that people are wrestling with and discussing at length. I didn't realize how polarizing of a topic it was until I tweeted the other day that I would argue that high school sports for a teenager is essential. Wow. The can that that opened was incredible. I shared that and more as we discuss a very important topic of high school sports and if they are essential or not. We are curious your input on this as we've learned that people are on multiple sides of the fence, sometimes over here, sometimes over there. We'd love to know what you think about this topic, but listen to today's episode first, get our perspective, certainly tune in towards the end. Uh, TJ introduces a thought that I tend to agree with, I think is really, really interesting about how decisions should be made in these type of environments as we try to figure out what is the best plan for resuming sports, specifically in the high school space. So big topic today, very polarizing subject. Let us know your thoughts. Enjoy today's episode. Let's jump in. So TJ, earlier this week, the county next to the county that I live in, uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, the largest county in Maryland, made the decision and sent an announcement out. I read it through the Washington Post that they are canceling all sports for fall and winter in high school. So the largest county in Maryland made the decision to cancel all fall sports and all winter sports. And when I say cancel, TJ, there's not a lot of gray area. It is pretty clear. They're not saying it's being postponed. They're not saying it's being reevaluated. They are saying they are gone. They are done. They're canceled this year. And they will reevaluate spring sports at the end of this year to see if there is a spring season. There's obviously petitions and different things going out and about. Uh, currently as we speak, parents, players, coaches, all that trying to say, give us something. And when I read that, my heart broke for a lot of different reasons for the players that, that are losing out on senior years. They're the juniors that are losing out on opportunities to really gain exposure during this year. And, and I tweeted a tweet, TJ, that I said, I believe high school sports for a teenager is essential. This was about 48 hours ago that I believe high school sport, or I said, I would argue, let me rephrase it. I would argue that high school sports is essential for a teenager. TJ, in the last 48 hours, it has become the most shared social media post I've ever shared in my life. There's over 6,600 likes at this moment, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of retweets, tons of conversation, crazy. And it struck a nerve because there's a lot of people that thought that statement that high school sports for teenagers being essential is ludicrous, is is completely wrong, that life and death should matter more, which it does, obviously. But there are people saying the fact that you would even say that their safety, their health, them being alive, Adam, is, is more important. In fact, there was one individual that said, he goes, Maybe we just can't even have this conversation because I believe in, in, in teenagers living as an important factor, almost alluding to that I'm okay with them dying. As they, many people were making this statement about, and, and one teenager even said, 
I believe my life is essential in reply to it, basically alluding to me living is more important. And, and this is a tough topic because it's not black and white. There's nuances to it. Um, there's different opinions on this. I'm under the opinion that for the younger teenage age group, that this is not a majorly life and death situation. Not saying it can't happen, but the statistics, to, at least to my knowledge and understanding, have said that for the high school teenage age gap, not for the coaches or the parents at home, but for the teenagers, if we want to just focus on that, TJ, it is not a major life and death discussion at that uh, kind of conversation. At least in Maryland, as of today, there's been only one death under the age of 24. Someone in Con- Kentucky shared a stat there. There's only been one death in Kentucky under the age of 18. But TJ begs and opens up this question, what is essential? Is sports for young people essential? I think it's important before I even let you go that we define essential, right? There's varying definitions of essential, but one of them is that it is absolutely necessary. There's also phrases that it is extremely important. You'll hear these phrases. I think the big issue is, There's a lot of people that when they say essential, they're viewing essential, TJ, in a mere life and death essential form. Does it keep you alive? If it does, then it's essential. If you can live without it, that it's not essential. And I don't think it's that simple. Yeah, wow. So we're going there, huh? I mean, I feel like we're going every which direction of uh, controversy lately, which is good because, I, first of all, I believe conversation is a necessity. When we had talked about racism on a couple episodes back and what's going on in, in our country right now, and we're talking about COVID right now and whether sports and what is happening in the sports. I don't know that we're going to say all the right things. I'm not even sure we're going to believe everything we said three months from now. You know, I mean, life changes, things change. But the the really important thing to me is that we're having conversation around it. And more importantly than conversation is grace. I just think people need grace right now more than ever. No matter what side of the issue they stand on, just grace. And and here's why is because, I mean, I, I completely understand wanting to protect and keep people healthy and keep people safe. And I also completely understand how this chain of events is changing the lives of so many young people, you know, and there's so many statistics that we can't even go into that we don't even know that we won't even know from years from now, whether the divorce rate uh, from finances and just the, um, the, the opportunity on miss sports, what it'll do the psychology of people to suicide rates to, there's just so many things we just don't even know. And we're just, you know, at the tip of information on all of these things. And um, so particularly to your, to your comment uh, about it is essential. I can see how that's highly controversial. I can see people falling on both sides of this thing. I can see people feeling one way or the other about it. What I don't understand is the part of, of our lack of grace on all of these issues in America right now, you know, like to, to, to jump to the conclusion that you don't value life because of your, your, your tweet, right? That's just, that's not, that's not true. And the other, you know, the other side of it to say that, well, gosh, you know, sports at all costs, that's not true. Or look at it. You could flip either side of it and look at it. 
And uh, first of all, we're entitled to all our opinions. And then second of all, I think we're entitled to, to share those opinions. Hopefully we're sharing them in a way that promotes things being better, promotes growth, promotes whatever. But we're not going to be able to do that unless we can have civil conversations, unless we can have grace towards each other. Yeah. Essentially the tweet TJ said, I would argue that sports are essential for a teenager. So I have to argue it, right? Because there's a handful of people that said, I have yet to hear your argument, Adam, right? You, you said it in the tweet. What's your argument? And I think before I even kind of state my position on this, I think we have to talk about the dynamic of this term essential. I think that's where a lot of people are getting caught up. And sometimes it's semantics. And, you know, we've even talked about this with like Black Lives Matter, right? We talked about that in the episode with Micah. Like that term is very polarizing now because the phrasing of it has become like it's taken on different meanings, right? Some people think it's associated with this, but, but the heart of it, we still need to get to the heart of it. The heart of it is true. Black lives matter. So sometimes we get caught up. And I think when we hear this term essential, there's a lot of people in the country that just go right to life or death essential, period. Does it keep you alive? Yes. Then it's essential. I eat a grocery store because it's food and you need food to live. It's essential. Hospital, it will keep you alive. Therefore, it is essential. And we go to that kind of extreme version of this term essential. And if it doesn't directly keep you alive, then it's not essential. And I don't agree with that, right? I think there's a little nuance to it. I think there's some gray area. You know, I sit here and think about, you know, when, when counties and federal rolled out things that were essential, you know, think about things like air conditioning and electricity. Those were considered, considered essential, but the reality is we all could live without it. I don't need air conditioning. I don't need electricity to live, right? I'm not going to die without it, but it is essential to the well-being of us as individuals, right? To keep us in a place of sanity and such. It's essential, right? So when I think about it, and you also hear a phrase, TJ, that is often re- referenced, exercise is essential to good living. Exercise is essential for good health. Now, if I sit back and don't exercise, will I die? Probably not, right? I I probably won't die. But do I become extremely unhealthy as a result? Yes. Do I open myself up to risk for bigger consequences and complications down the road if I'm unhealthy and never exercise? Yes. So essentially, you could say me exercising, although it doesn't necessarily keep me alive, it is essential because it helps give me and put me in favor of staying alive. So when I think about sports in that regard, I think about it being essential, extremely important, absolutely necessary, according to the definitional terms, to keeping the health and well-being of our young people in a positive place. Could they live without it? Yes. Will they live greater and healthier and, and better with it? Yes, I believe. Do I think there's a risk? Minimal for those individuals. Minimal. And I think if anyone's saying, well, no, there is. Okay. Do you take that same approach on code orange or code red heat days? Because there are kids that will die of heat exhaustion going out playing football in the summer because it happens. Do you take that same approach on snow closures? Do you take that same approach on flu season? Right? Do you take the same approach on some of these other areas where there is risk? There is risk to living and not trying to minimize its consequence because I do believe 
45 and over, it is scary. It's dangerous, right? And I believe there needs to be protocols, and I do believe there needs to be parameters. But when I think that we just will nonchalantly cut it out and we just simply chalk it up and it's not essential. It doesn't keep you alive. Let's only focus on things that keep you, quote, unquote, directly alive. I don't think that's a fair argument in this. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is fair. I think essential is debatable in everybody's eyes, right? I mean, oh, the the sec, you know, the right to bear arms. You know, some people think that's essential. Some people don't think it's essential. Um, living, uh, you know, freedom to to experience and live out my faith. I feel like that's essential. But then there's other people that don't think that's essential, right? And and so there's a many things in life. And to be honest with you. Um, you know, sports and high school athletics is not essential to a lot of people, but to many people, they feel it is essential. And we've lived, you know, long enough in the sports world to know the impact that it can have on people's lives. Right. And so when we see some young people not have that opportunity, uh, we know the other alternatives to that. What would they be doing if they're not doing this? And so I think that's where, you know, and I've coached, you know, college athletics now for 20 years, and I've seen plenty of young people that if they didn't have sports, then they would be going down a completely different track. And so for them, I do feel it is essential. Well, let me challenge that thought because this was communicated at some point over the last 48 hours that shame on us, shame on society, that we've established sports to such a level that you are that fearful that if sports weren't here, the kids would fall off. Literally, like, like the fact that it is being claimed essential is such a sad reality that, that we can't provide life and encouragement and inspirement to these young people without it. Like we're almost like, oh, you need sport. Shame on you. You haven't done enough over here. What do you think about that? Because that one actually made me stop and think. I, I don't agree, agree with it. I just thought it was an interesting take. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, you know again grace. I think it's a valid thought. I think I understand where the person is coming from there. But I think you can argue for some people that are really creative, like art is an essential thing. Like they need a creative outlet. It's healthy for them. It makes them a better version of themselves. And so while I don't think sports is the only essential thing. I think there's a lot of essential things in different realms of life to different people. Sports is not essential to every young person. It has been essential to many young people I've come across and had the opportunity to either impact their life, change their life, or see somebody else impact or change their life through the game of sport. You know, and I I believe God creates all of these things for us, you know, whether it's living in community, whether it's sports, whether it's art, whether it's whatever you want to go, whatever road you want to go down, there's different essential things for different people. And do I believe people can adapt. I believe people can adapt and I think we can find ways around different things. But I also believe many of these things have been instituted and are created and are opportunities that were uniquely created for those people. Like I believe my calling as a coach is to be able to help those young men that don't have fathers, that don't have parents in their lives, right? And the sport is my avenue. And for those people that I know the life they would be living if they didn't have that influence, if they didn't have those people in their life, I believe sports is essential for them, right? Because I don't, there's not another alternative right now. And we can say shame on the world, you know, that it's gotten to that place. Or we can look at it the other way, good on us that we've created these avenues to be able to create ways for people to find a change and a better life and a better way of doing life. You know, that, that's a great, I love that flip there at the end. 
I hadn't really thought about that reply or that counter to that. And I'm not trying to search for counters for all these Twitter comments, right? Uh, I've got life to live, right? I'm busy, so I can't do that. I don't think it's productive. But I love the angle, TJ, because sports are good. Like, it's a good thing. Like, let's celebrate a good thing that has saved many people, that has inspired and given purpose to many people, right? That has impacted many people. I mean, that's a great thing. So TJ, I guess, let me just ask you, when we talk about this topic of essential, do you think sports should actually be, are, are we putting too much weight on sport? Is there just too much pressure being put on sport? Are we over dramatizing this need for sports in our community at the high school level? Because everyone's trying to figure it out, as I already mentioned in Maryland County, just straight cutting it. Are they overreacting? Is it too much? Are we overreacting by needing it too much? Where do you think we fall? I, I mean, I, I live in Georgia, right? So <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. This is a, this was a, a different place. Um, and so, we, I mean, you hear a lot of different views in, in, in the state of Georgia than you probably do in Maryland. And I think the truth probably is somewhere in between, right? Like I think that we're probably in Georgia – way too aggressive, way too, you know, you see our numbers spike and you do whatever. And I think up north has been more conservative and shut down and, um, you know, and, and been more careful. And I understand that, but at the expense of not doing life is probably a little extreme, but it's not easy. This is why grace is so important. It is not easy to put a number on it. I always say the number that matters to you in COVID is one. When you lose one, when somebody you care about, you know, gets really sick, when you, that's the number that matters. But that's the number that matters to you in the flu and cancer and anything else too, right? Like when it affects you, then that's the number that really um, gets you more than anything else. And that will probably change everybody's perspective when they get to that, to that particular place. But the flip side of that is, which you alluded to earlier, we can't do life without risk. And so the, the number comes, what is the risk? Like, is the risk of getting on the plane worth it or not? Is the risk of smoking cigarettes worth it or not? Is the risk of going back to normal activity versus COVID, is it, is it or not? And, and, and I think that that's not the easiest question to answer for, for everybody. I think it's a tough question because none of us know the answer. I mean, I'm, I'm at a place right now, and I, I, here's, an, here's a good example. I loved when Obama said this. He, they were asking him about um, – you know, uh, guns and, and having, what should we do about guns? And he gave a really practical response. His response was this. He said, you know, when we saw the number of lives that were being lost in car accidents, we made seatbelts mandatory to not to infringe on your rights, but to just keep people safe and alive. Like that's it. Right. And so that was his response to guns. And I'm not making a political, whether you believe guns or not guns, but that was it. I feel the same way about what we're going through right now. Unfortunately, Every day we get more information or fortunately we get more information every day that informs our decisions. So to go ahead and cancel fall and winter sports when we might in three days have a vaccine seems kind of quick on the trigger, right? I mean, it seems, it seems really like. I do gosh, believe they I threw in the towel a little early. I, yeah, that's a that, phrase that be, I've been using. Yep. Yeah. I think that's probably what has happened. I, I know that every, I, and here's why I think it happens. Adam, this is a whole different. I think that the, the uncertainty of life bothers people, right? Like the, the planning, not knowing. And so being able to make a decision like that creates certainty. And some people really want that. 
but the reality of it is, is when you make a decision like that, that's really hard to go back on, you know, you might've made a decision that could be really uh, detrimental to a lot of people. And so that's where I think patience and more information is our friend in this particular situation. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, today I want to encourage you and challenge you to do everything you can to remove the negative talk out of conversations. I think sometimes as coaches we can get negative. We can speak negatively to our players. We can speak in a negative tone uh, around the team environment. Unfortunately, not only does that in many cases not produce a positive result in the moment, it also diminishes the positive talk that you come back to maybe the next day or the day after. Because what happens is when you then come back around and you're speaking positively, the players have it firmly planted in their head, the negative talk you had just the day before. And it begins to question ever so slightly the genuine and authentic nature of the positive talk you're sharing in that moment. I believe consistency is one of the most invaluable leadership traits because it's in our inconsistencies that people no longer fully believe us and trust us. So coaches, just want to encourage you and challenge you, do everything you can to try to remove the negative talk so it doesn't diminish the days and moments where we try to demonstrate the positive talk. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe. TeamSnap.com backslash hustle will help get your entire team, parents, players, coaches, all on the same page. Before we jump back in, let's catch up with our friends over at ShootAway. Every halftime, we always share a shooting statistic I want to share a slightly different statistic today. I want to give a statistic of zero. That is the number of positive COVID-19 tests that were recently found in light of the NBA quarantine bubble. So they, on their last round of testing, came back with zero cases within the bubble of COVID-19. I just want to give a moment to shout out the NBA, shout out all those involved for producing an environment that has allowed those players to play safe and and bring back the game of basketball to all of us that enjoy it so much. And I love it because we get to see the shooters, we get to see the hoopers playing at the best level. And the reality is these players that we get to watch don't get to that point without intentional practice and hard work. And if you're trying to improve your game and you're trying to improve your shot, there's often considered no greater tool than utilizing one of Shootaway's The Gun. Check out Shootaway.com to learn more about how you can get one of their guns in your gym to allow your players to begin working on their craft like never before. Now, let's jump back in to this essential episode. I think that's one thing that's bothered me about this particular decision that prompted those interactions the other day. I like... I think it's fair in a thing that is forever changing. It's changing by the minutes, changing by the day, it's changing by the week. More information is coming out. Numbers are changing pretty drastically. To make a statement that far out, that concrete is really, really tough. And I think from a lot of people's perspective, they would have liked to seen a little bit more time. They'd like to maybe have seen some potential options 
if, if this happens here, we will do this. If, if things go in this direction, we will change and go in this direction. Some counteractive plans to the counter, to the constantly changing environment that we're living in right now. And, but there's a lot of people that have taken some of the decisions around the country as people just then saying sports are not essential. Okay. I mean, let's just put it like it is. There's been parents that have been chiming in and say, I think it's absolutely crazy that my 16 year old son can go to work for 12 hours at the grocery store, but can't go join his teammates and play the game he loves. And I think there's okay. Right. But it goes back to that. And well, we need grocery store workers because it's going to keep us alive. Well, like, don't you think this his meant, don't you think the, the community aspect, the, the being with his team, playing this sport, like, don't you think that's absolutely essential for his health, for his mental health or, you know, okay. So it, it's just, man, it's just such an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I don't know the exact plan. I know one coach I remember reading in the thread that went on a very large three or four different tweet plan of how he would roll it out or what he thinks is needed. That's not even going to be doable. The things he laid out, like there's just not a budget to be able to do the types of things. Essentially what you'll see at the NBA, for example, to do that at every public school in the country for every student, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. That's what we're facing to be honest with you at, at at like the division two division three levels, you know, colleges that don't, I mean, anything really honestly outside the power five, what they are, are saying, we, protocols we need to, to do and to be able to operate in sport, um, while it gives us an opportunity to continue sport, it's also economically challenging. You know, we can't afford to do the things that they're wanting us to do. And so that, that's going to be an issue um, for high school sports, without a doubt. It's going to be an issue for sports at any level. Uh, to figure to figure out that the, the economic and I think it's a it's a issue for our world. We're trying to figure out our economy. I mean, we're giving up trillions of dollars during this thing, and that money doesn't go. It comes from somewhere. Someone's going to pay one year from now, six years from now. Someone's going to pay, and it's going to flip our economy. And what damage will that do? And what damage does it do? Like you said, not being with our teammates, kids getting more isolated. You know, more technology, more whatever. Like these are things we just don't know how to weigh. So what you do is you weigh based on your experience. So for you and I, Adam, we've been in the business of supporting and helping young people through the game of sport. Therefore, we see it as essential because we know what can happen if they don't have this. We know how important and vital it is to their life. But somebody that doesn't see it through that lens and hasn't experienced it I can understand them not seeing it as essential, you know, because they like, well, that didn't affect me. It's just a game. It's just a game. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's my hope, TJ, is to get people to view sport through the lens of an essential component, right? To get them to view it doesn't say that they're going to allow it to happen, but I do believe if you begin to view it and there's a shift mentally into this more of an essential component, as we recognize that it is absolutely necessary. Yes, it is extremely important for the health and well-being and success of our young people. When you view it in that light, I would hope that would then challenge you that when you're sitting around that table with your fellow board members and your fellow committee members trying to put the plans in place, it will raise the intensity ever so slightly to figure out a way 
to make it work, right? To make it work. And, and when you see statements where things get canceled and it doesn't feel like every option was explored, right? Where it doesn't feel, and I could be wrong, so I wasn't in behind the room, but when you make, you know, big announcements that are very just kind of long reaching and, and doesn't seem to be kind of flexible or adaptable, it gives off an impression that they chalked it up as it's not really that essential. It's just, it's really yeah. just not that essential. And I, I disagree with that. Yeah. And you know, I put my, I'm trying to put myself in that situation. You know, again, I, I'm not sure I completely agree with what's going on down here. My kids are supposed to start school next week. Right. And it doesn't seem very ideal to go to school next week when you know cases are spiking and we don't know everything that we need to know. And so the other end of it makes me really nervous as well. Yeah. One of the interesting things that I think would be, you know, worth thinking about is like, what would you do in that situation? Like I'm, I'm trying to imagine, you know, Boston, my son playing high school basketball and it being in his senior year, what would I do in that scenario? Like I, I just think about the memories of my high school senior year, how impactful it was on me and my life. And I'm not sure I wouldn't be trying to find another state to play in or another well, school to go to. DJ, that's what, that's what's happening already. So in light in the last 48, 72 hours, public school kids are transferring to the private schools here in Maryland in fact, one of the top quarterbacks in, in the county, boom, transferred out, right? He's going to a different school in a different county, a private school to play quarterback. These kids are now, boom, okay. He was, he's, he was going to be a junior. Very important uh, season for him from an exposure standpoint. Certainly talented enough to, to get scholarships and such. Boom, the transfers are happening. All right, now all of a sudden we've got this dynamic, which opens up a new conversation how – Private schools are opening, even though they're right next door to a public school and the public school's closing, but then the private school is going to allow their sport to go. And it's really interesting. And I, I think a large part of this plays into legality as well, right? We can't ignore that. I think when we start talking about a public jurisdiction, um, they recognize there's a lot of legalities that they've got to protect against, that if they get into a situation um, and, and we've talked about this before on past episodes. It's just like an administrator where the easier decision in light of pain challenge is just to let the person go. Right. We'll just let the, you say what, uh, let heads roll or something like that. I think was the phrase you used, right. But it's just easier to let the head coach go rather than dealing with the challenge and the, the potential pushback and fire around it. I wonder if there's some of that that goes on in these decisions where, yeah, we're going to upset some people, TJ, but it's just easier just to cancel it without yeah. having to worry about the risk of yeah. all of those other things. Yeah, I, I think so. I think for I think a lot of people are it will sounds like for sure your county factored that in. I mean, it's easier to do that because, you know, I think in, on the other side of it, like in, in Georgia, I think some people would be arguing the opposite about football, you know what I mean? Or the SEC, like they're saying you know, hey, getting our kids their senior year experience in football is a necessity. If we got to back up two weeks, if we got to back up three weeks, if we got to back it up to spring, like we're going to figure this thing out. I think that's the mindset down here is how can we make this happen? And it sounds like the mindset down there is, you know, how can we avoid this? You know, how can we, how can we stay away from having to do this? And, you know, I, I like to believe in the goodness of people. I like to think that both people were trying to think through it in a positive way, like how can we avoid as few uh, infections or deaths as possible? And the other one is how can we make sure that our kids still get the experience they need? I, I think both people, 
uh, I'm hoping both people were looking at it from, from the same perspective of what's best, but just came to a different conclusion. You know, I'm not a huge fan, TJ, of like constant carrot dangling. You often hear that in just motivation and psychology to dangle the carrot to continue to motivate and inspire and push. But I do believe there could have been some value in that regard where I think one thing that happens when you don't make the clear, concrete decision to cancel it, but you say, okay, we're going to reevaluate in 30 days or we're going to reevaluate in 60 days, which I think makes sense because as we alluded to earlier, so much is changing. But even in that regard, you're still giving kids hope, right? Now, some say, okay, you're just, you're delaying the inevitable. It's going to get canceled. Just cancel it, right? But no, let's, let's wait, right? Let's give kids another 30 days of hope and belief that they're going to, you know, maybe have a season and 30 to 60 more days of them kind of pushing and grinding with a, a sense of hope and optimism that there's going to be something, you know, to, to look forward to from a season standpoint. Let's keep giving that. As crazy as it sounds, part of me got upset that here in the middle of July that you went and canceled seasons that are four, five months away, right? You just cut out all the hope, right? dangle it a little bit. Like, let's see if there's something that's going to change. Let's keep building. Let's keep kind of inspiring because, you know, it's interesting. There were coaches that had been working out with their teams and social distance and not, they've been working out with trainers, not with their teams, but teammates and trainers and social distant kind of training environments or teams doing maybe zoom trainings and things like that, where there was still a hope like, Hey, we still believe we're going to have a season. There still could be something. And, and now these coaches are like, man, I don't even know what to do with my kids. Like, I, I don't even know what to even communicate to my kids. You know, hey, let's start working out for next August. <laughs> right? Like, are you kidding me? So, like, there's a coach that, to your point, may be the most influential figure in that person's life. And, like, now that coach doesn't even necessarily know where to go because the, the tying bond of that relationship has kind of been taken away and they're struggling a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I don't like that dynamic either, TJ. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. You know, it's, uh, I don't understand the, the rush to judgment decision, you know, and I also don't, I don't understand trying to fight a losing battle, you know, like let's, if it's going really bad right now, let's take our time. But if we could accomplish figuring out all of these things, the ultimate level or as much safety as we can create, but there's always going to be risk and still allow these experiences to happen. That's where I would land. But obviously people are landing on polar opposites of this, of this particular situation. And, and I think a lot of times uh, I'd love to know who are the people in the room. You know, I I'd love to know um, if, if I'd feel a lot better if there was 12 people in the room four teachers, four coaches, four administrators, and they came to the decision. You know, I'd feel a lot better knowing that. But I think as it is in a lot of these cases, people making these decisions in all aspects of life are not actually the people in the trenches. And I think when you get so removed from the decision, the decision gets easier and that's not good. The decision should be hard. I saw a graphic I'm going to see about sharing it on social media um, about that exact topic. And it, it was really powerful. Just 
but the further you get away from the trenches, as you alluded to, the harder it is to make that decision. Um, yet the authority always is in the person who's the furthest away from the trenches, which is always a very, uh, doesn't even seem logically to make sense, right? Why would the person with the most authority be the one that's the furthest away from the situation, right? But that's what happens. And, and I love that thought about four, four, and four, right? 12 people around the table. Let's, make, let's divide it up. Four administrators, four coaches, four teachers. Let's see what they come up with. Um, you know, I joked about this, TJ. I mean, you could tell a basketball player that this season is going to consist of a four-week season, regular season champion only, winner takes all, right? Just a modified version and, and almost kind of call it the, the ultimate playoff, right? Four weeks, hoops only, that's all you get. That you'd have thousands of kids jumping for joy working all year, putting in their work in the school just to be eligible for that little bit of hope. You absolutely would. In fact, you're seeing it, right? Like we had Mike Rabel on with Premier Lacrosse, the CEO of Premier Lacrosse. This upcoming Saturday, the 25th, they launched their championship series. It's essentially 19 days, TJ, of games. They will be in Utah. Uh, I forget the name of the, the facility there quarantined as a league for 30 days 19 of those 30 days will be games that will be their entire season think about it it's a professional sports league that is playing their entire annual season in 19 days but boy if you've been following their players are more hyped than you'd ever than you could ever imagine they are in Utah right now. They are putting in work. They are grinding. They're, they're vibing with their teammates. They're getting ready for their championship series. It's going to be an all-out, let's get it. Let's come out on top. And, and the joy that's being generated is incredible. It's 19 days. You can tell these athletes, we're going to play for 30 days. You only get a 30-day season. Sorry. It's going to start February. Winter will go March to April. Spring sports will go April to May. Sorry, you get 30 days with 14 days of lead up because you got to follow those rules of lead up. It's a 45-day season. That's all you get. You'd have thousands of kids across the country, TJ, right now. Absolutely thrilled. And that could be in 2021. It doesn't even have to be in 2020. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to go down a completely different avenue, but one of the things I think we're lacking in our country right now, despite, you know, all of these things, what's bringing the light is that we are just lacking decision-making, like just leadership, like creative ideas, like you're saying, like, and, and again, not to make it political, but I'm going to share an idea with, I, I shared the other day and someone said, I said, you know, everything's so divisive right now. It doesn't matter if it's COVID, racism, whatever, everything's so divisive. And they said, well, what would you do about it? So I tell you, here's what I do with that. I'd send the Senate or Congress or whatever, and I'd divide them into teams, just like we would do in any other group. And I would, I would say 12 people go here, 12 go here, 12 go here, and 12 go here. And I'd break them all up and there'd be, you know, 48 people and, and they're going to come up with the best medical uh, policy for our country. And they're going to each put one up, half Democrat, half Republican, couple neutral people. And we're not going to know who created it. They're going to come up with four different plans and America's going to vote on them. And so it's not Republican, it's not Democrat, it's not anything. These are just the four best plans those groups could come up with. 
and you take all the divisiveness out of it and America is going to vote and that's the medical plan we go with, right? Then the people really get to say. And I'm thinking, you know, in terms of like sports and what's essential and what's not essential. It's like, you know, we have so many people that are so divided in all those situations. Well, let's put four people that think it's essential, four that don't think it's essential, four teachers, whatever. Let's come up with three different plans and let the county vote on it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we're going to do a playoff. We're going to do a full season or we're going to do whatever. And here's why we're going to do it. And somebody presents each one of these plans. And like, I I think we're going to get to a place in this world where we're going to have to do more of that because what is happening when we have Republican Democrat, when we have conservative, you know, people up here and liberal people over here, when we have people that want to go back to school early in July and we have people that want to cancel the entire year, like we are just finding more ways to be divisive and more ways to separate. And I think we're going to have to find more creative ways to run our world to be to 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 be in in a in a better place. TJ, I'm so glad you went this direction. TJ, I've been thinking the same thing. Those are thoughts that I've when we talk about voting, I, I've been saying let us vote on the topic at hand, not the people in charge. Okay, like let let us vote for the topic at hand. And it also made me think about it. There was a the editor of the op-ed section of the New York Times. Uh, forget her name, but she recently resigned from the New York Times. She wrote a pretty lengthy letter back to the New York Times and to society explaining why she left. And she basically said, because I'm no longer the editor at New York Times, Twitter is. And she was basically alluding to the voice of society is essentially driving things anyways through the decisive nature that they're the ones that are basically determining it. So why don't we just let them choose what goes in the paper from now on? Right. And that was just kind of her frustration. Now, do I agree with that in its entirety? No, but I do think there's some premise there that you can build off of. I I see situations constantly where shoot happened in university sports, university hires a coach, the school community, the, the fans don't like it. They oust the coach and the, they go back and hire a new coach. We saw this at University of Tennessee a few years back. Right? I've been saying this about the, the new Washington football team's mascot that they choose. Don't let the team choose. The team, do what you do, come up with three mascots, go through the full trademark process. And I, I, I tweeted this the other day, go through the full trademark process, the full branding and all of that for three logos. And then let us pick. You don't pick, let us pick. Because the reality is like, because of how decisive we are, like how much, the, how much pressure can be put through social media and such. The reality is if the team picks a logo and mascot and the fans don't like it, they'll revolt and the team will change it to cater to the society anyways. So why not bring society into the the mix to make this decision? I love that you brought this up in light of this because I feel like there's a big, big play here that decision makers are so scared to make the wrong decision that it has crippled their ability to make good decisions. They don't know what to do. They're so scared. They make this decision that they're just going to get the heat and the hammer brought down on by society. People are going to be outside the courthouse, outside the government buildings all that stuff. So they, they just are afraid. They're so careful. We could get by that by saying, hey, you know what? Your job is to come up with the best solutions. It is our job to help you vote for them. 
I love that idea, TJ. And in this case, wonder what it would produce. Yeah. Right? Wonder what it would produce. Yeah. Let the people who are ultimately affected by it, let them have a part in the decision making. That's an interesting thought, and I don't disagree with it. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not saying that everything in the world needs to be voted on by every, everybody in the world. I mean, they're going to have to have leadership. We're going to have to step up and make decisions. That's going to have to happen. But for the most you know, polarizing issues, for the things that we've talked about for years, I mean, how many times are our, our, our tax structure going to change and medical policy is going to change and you know, unique situations like COVID and the way it affects the world? Like, let's just let's just bring the best of the best ideas and let the best idea win. And, you know, that's what I think is probably frustrating to a lot of people. And that's why your comment is so polarizing in this area is because there's a likelihood that in that particular decision that was made, you know, you got a group of people that might've been detached from the situation that made the decision that affects everybody and, uh, and affects everybody drastically. And so, you know, back to the beginning of this, Adam, I'll just say that, um, I understand you not thinking sports is essential. You know, whoever it is that says sports is essential, I understand that. But I can also say from my perspective, the reason it has been essential is because of the lives changed, the people that have been impacted, the trajectory of lives that have gone a different way because of sport. And while that might not be your experience, that's been my experience. And that's why I would believe that it is, is an essential part of, of what we do in life. Not more essential been some other things in life. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's the most essential. I'm saying that it's been essential in my walk in life and to the people that I've been around. You must not care about kids though, TJ, because kids are dying and you don't care. Hmm. That's the other side of the argument. You know, and, and I would, and I would say this, I don't know that high school sports should continue tomorrow, right? I don't know that, but I think it's also asinine to speak for November 1st. You know, I, I, we, we don't know. And, and so, and so I, I, I get, I get people saying that I just don't understand why we wouldn't be holding out for the best possible outcome for everybody. Yeah. Well, listen, obviously it's a polarizing subject. I'd love to hear what you have to, to th- say and, and your thoughts on this subject. If you're listening, you know, send us a tweet at hardwood underscore hustle. Do you think sports are essential? Do you think, uh, it isn't when you consider there is risk for life and death. You know, where do you stand on this subject? What are your thoughts? What is also the best approach you've heard throughout the country about how to resume sports? Because that's the other dynamic. I have not sat here and put together a 10-point bullet point plan of how to resume sports in the safe manner. I'll be honest with you. But that's also not my job to figure that out. But what has been introduced around the country that you thought, you know what, this made a lot of sense. I really thought this was valuable. I thought this was thought out, well planned. Let us know that. I'd love to hear that. You tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle. Uh, TJ, appreciate you so much. I am Adam. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out. Coaches, I want to give you another free resource for you to take advantage of during this time off. PGC Basketball recently put together their PGC Plus. Welcome to the peak. The peak are daily teachings and workouts to help you expand your game and life. Each weekday, you can go online and they've got a new exercise, a new teaching, a new workout being provided to you. It is absolutely free and new topics are announced every Sunday. Go check out PGC Basketball 
Search PGC plus the peak and get signed up today so you can take advantage of all the content they're giving you for free during this time. Coaches, till next time, we're out.